This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now we move on to a conversation about uh, what's happening with SA Inc. When we refer to SA Inc, we're speaking about companies that are, you know, founded in South Africa, they operate in South Africa, they're listed in South Africa, and they often, uh, you know, initially uh, see their growth in South Africa. And sometimes they become global and sometimes they don't. But what we are seeing here is a huge appetite from global companies coming to scoop these companies out. You know, last week with uh, Modiwa Gavaza on our tech rap, we would have spoken about uh, Canal Plus. That's that uh, French company that's coming to make a bid for multi-choice after accumulating shareholding, uh, you know, over time. But also we saw PepsiCo come in and buy Pioneer Foods. We saw Heineken come and buy Distel. Walmart came and bought MassMart. DP World came and bought Imperial Logistics. And these are all companies that were proudly South African and home grown and so after looking at this trend we also uh, saw a money web reporting on it and then we decided to ask uh, to come and speak to us about this and what it means uh, for south african businesses and the appetite for them he's the chief investment officer and principal at first avenue investment management hello a pleasure good evening hi how are you now Tanda? wonderful hello nice to speak to you thank you for speaking to us today it's my pleasure all right, hello. I'm I'm wondering here as we see this trend of these uh, huge global corporations coming in uh, to buy South African companies. Is it a matter of valuations? Are the companies just that cheap? Well, I I, I think it's a combination, obviously, of the fact that South African companies are cheap um, from a valuation standpoint. Despite that, South African companies also create economic value. At, at least they have historically. Um, but South African companies, for the most most part, um, present an opportunity for global companies to reach the rest of the continent. So South African companies um, themselves are subscale on a global scale. So if we take a look at Distel, for instance, Distel, there was no way in the world Distel would ever compete with uh, Diageo or Braun Foreman or uh, Compare Milano or in one of the large global brands. Um, it, it just couldn't, it's extremely subscale. But Distel had a footprint in obviously South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria. So if you took a lot of the logistical costs out, out of Distel and you put them on top of a global chassis like Heineken or some firm like that, and you put it on top of that chassis and, and you use the economies of scale of a global company. You could extract a lot more cost synergies. Um, but South Africa on its own, this Dell on its own as a South African company, wouldn't be able to, 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 to replicate that distribution footprint that Heineken has all over Africa. Um, wouldn't be able to replicate the cost at which it could distribute you know, across the continent, right? But now you put more volumes on top of Heineken's footprint suddenly the unit costs drop. And it's the same for Canal Plus and, um, uh, and multi-choice. Canal Plus has a really, really wonderful fo- footprint in French West Africa. Um, that part of the world speaks a significant amount of French. But here is M- uh, multi-choice that has also ventured into that area. It's subscale in French West Africa, and it's at full scale in Southern Africa. If you take uh, multi-choice's efforts at logistical expansion in West Africa, they are much more expensive 
than what Canal Plus has. So take those two, combine them, you drop a unit cost in West Africa. At the same time, you give Canal Plus a, a you know, give them access to South Africa. So in essence, these are really wonderful companies in South Africa, but we get to a, little, a little too big-headed about them. They're not global giants. They're pretty small by global standards. Canal Plus is competing with the likes of Disney, Netflix, and so on, and Comcast, um, but it's not competing. Uh, but multi-choice cannot compete with those kind of companies. So I'll be saying, Shannon, that also what happens is, uh, you know, South African companies grow and then they uh, outgrow the South African markets. And it does, uh, you know, then well, it comes a time comes when they have to look elsewhere uh, for growth. And, and that's what an acquisition or some of the acquisitions we've seen can do. Yes, yes. I mean, South African companies have obviously tried to outgrow South Africa and you know, they've had a lot of mixed results, a lot of failures more than successes. As you know, Pick and Pay went in Australia, it came back. Clicks went into Australia, it came back. Uh, many Af- many South African companies, True West, Woolworths, went into Africa, uh, the rest of the continent came back. Um, so I- I've often wondered about this, you know, what do you do as a South African company when you become ex-growth in South mm-hmm. Africa? I mean, I can give you a good example. It's Vodacom. Mm-hmm. Vodacom and MTN ran out of ground in South Africa. They went into Nigeria, MTN at least, got a lot of growth. Uh, Vodacom has now gone into Egypt, a significant amount of growth, but they can't get their cash out of Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Now Vodacom cannot get its cash out of, Vod- out of Egypt. So what to do now if you are trying to expand for growth, but you're not acquiring growth, you're actually acquiring risk more than you're acquiring growth. I think when you get to a certain level of, of lack of growth or um, lack of growth opportunity in South Africa, one of the things that you must consider is to delist. You must consider that mm. because share options are not relevant to you anymore. You cannot incentivize management with share options, but you can incentivize management with a significant amount of cash payments and dividends. Vodacom should, should delist. Um, MultiTrice should have delisted. It does not need the stock market. It does not fund itself on the stock market anymore. South Africa has to breed new companies that are growing, that have more modern capabilities, modern technologies. And those are the companies that need to take the place of all companies on the stock market. A very, uh, you know, fresh perspective you bring here for us. And I'm glad you speak about the issue of us churning out new enterprises because we just aren't, are we? And I'm wondering what that, uh, you know, is, uh, what that means uh, for us. I think we've had this conversation about, uh, you know, delistings, but why are we not seeing uh, South African companies come through and, uh, you know, listing? And I'm wondering also if we are seeing, uh, you know, just dominant players. For instance, in the telco space, which you mentioned, we've got four or five really strong players. It's just not often that we can see a new player emerge and then list to replace Vodacom. Yes. Well, let me, let me share with you. This is a problem that you can see the government since the inception of, you know, the advent of democracy has struggled with, and is struggling with it even more now. There are only three reasons, only three reasons why an economy grows. In fact, there are only three factors that drive economic growth, only three. Number one is an incremental or or an increase in new human resources, meaning people that graduate from universities join the workforce. That's the first one. The second factor that drives economic growth is new technology. So what do new technologies do, like artificial intelligence, like automation, like robotics? 
they increase productivity, right? The third factor is new capital, right? Those are the only three things that drive economic growth, nothing else, right? New human resources, meaning new labor, new workers in a labor force that are skilled with new modern technologies, and you fund those with new capital. That's what drives economic growth. Now, the United States has these three things locked up like a sink. It produces new technologies, it has new graduates, and it has a significant amount of venture capital that comes into the economy every year at a, at a growing rate. South Africa has a decreasing amount of venture capital coming in. So it's, it's not new capital. We have decreasing capital. We have a lot of human resources that graduate universities go into the workforce, but they are not skilled with new technologies. We also don't produce enough new technologies like AI or automation. We are consumers and importers of them rather than producers of them. This is the reason the economy isn't growing. If an economy isn't growing because it doesn't have these, tech, these three factors, you cannot expect to have new enterprises, and therefore you cannot expect to have new listings. So this is something similar biologically to a baby who's stillborn, right? So our economy produces, produces enterprises, businesses that are stillborn. Old technologies, the human resources are, have old skills, and we don't throw enough capital at discovery of new industries, new technologies, new techniques. This is the reason why the GSC is shrinking. And this is the reason why valuations are cheap. And this is the reason why earnings growth is low. On the other hand, this is the reason why the United States has very high multiples because it is growing GDP above trend, growing wages above trend, growing productivity faster than wages, right? And those new capital at opportunity. And that's the reason why a strong company abroad can come and acquire a strong company here because of that disparity in growth and disparity in currency of paper, meaning your share price is high enough that you can use it to acquire a distel, a multi-choice and so on. Kelly, if I let you go, I must uh, then also, you know, reflect on what we are then seeing with uh, the delistings from the JSC. When these companies come and get, uh, you know, bought out by these large global multinationals, we often then see them uh, delisting from the JSC. And I'm wondering if there's something that the JSC as an organization could have really, I think, with a huge advantage in South Africa could be doing uh, to uh, see that moving differently. Because like you're saying, you know, if we're losing all these companies as well, we also see liquidity on that stock exchange decreasing? Yes. Well, unfortunately, the JSC is just a platform that um, entrepreneurship finds opportunity on. But there's nothing the JSC can do, quite frankly. But there is something the government can do, right, which is modernize its, its approach to entrepreneurship, to human ingenuity, to industrial policy. But I mean, that's, that's, that's a really difficult thing because that's, you know, that's very political. But here's something else which the government can do. The government owns about 1,027 state-owned enterprises, which are at various stages of, various stages of disrepair, right? But they're extremely critical to the economy. Some of them are monopolies. Most of them are monopolies anyway. If you were to put those on the stock market, right, and have them be run um, using the best, skills you have and have them invest in R&D for new technologies, right? You can certainly improve 
the amount of the number of companies in the stock market. You can certainly improve the market cap of the stock market, and you can certainly unleash human ingenuity in the country, right? It won't change the fact that a lot of these SOEs are old technologies. It won't change that. But you can certainly retool, rewire old businesses, old enterprises with new technologies. In other words, you can introduce AI in ESCOM if you were to put that on a stock market. No way in hell you do that today. No way the management of ESCOM today understands how artificial intelligence helps a utility. They don't know it. They said that they have no idea. Same as Transnet. They have no idea how you can um, improve logistic, you know, like logistical timing of ships and trains through AI. They have no idea. But put that in the private sector, the technology, the, the R&D, it just needs human ingenuity. Very fascinating conversation we've had this evening, Shadow. Thank you for joining us, but also uh, giving us new perspectives uh, to explore. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Go wow. That was Shadow Kiyose, Chief Investment Officer and Principal at First Avenue Investment Management. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.